Welcome once again to the Colorado Switchblade. I'm Jason Van Tatenhove, your host. Nothing like a little jazz flute on a Monday morning to get you going. I love me some jazz flute. I'm man enough to admit it. All right, well, it's Monday morning, and uh, man, we got some winds coming up tomorrow, 60, 80 miles an hour. And we know now that those winds oftentimes cause the fires. So uh, be careful out there. Keep an eye out on uh, the power lines near your house. All right. Well, it's Monday morning. And, uh, you know, we're going to reach out to the town this week. I'm going to try to get uh, someone on about some of the mitigation things they're doing around town to help uh, mitigate some of the fire danger that comes from these winds that are, are happening more and more. And, and later on in the season, you know, we know the, uh, the Kruger rock fire is suspected to have started from a down power line. No word yet. I just reached out to the Estes Valley fire department or fire district this morning and, uh, no cause yet on the, uh, soul shine fire. And, uh, well, we'll, we'll see if anything pops up this week. So we'll see if that comes out. Um, it was spring break last week for the kids in school, so I'm hoping to get the interview with uh, the kids doing a skate park and and talk about what it would take to to maybe get the city and, and people, uh, Rex District involved with that um, and get, get a good skate park going for our kids. And today, so I went over the weekend on Saturday, I went down to Fort Collins to Odell's Brewery, and my brother, my little brother, Scott Van Tatno, Scotty, as his friends know him, is on the board of directors of the FOCO MX, which is now the big music festival out of Fort Collins, a big summer festival. Uh, we've had some, some of the older festivals have uh, have been shut down and they're not coming back anytime soon. And uh, so FOCO MX has kind of become the big festival. And, and my family's really involved with it. I'm kind of proud of them. My little sister, Liz, Liz Means, also has a band. She's a drummer. And uh, her and my brother-in-law, Mark, are going to be playing there. And I ran into a friend of mine that uh, that I've known for quite a few years. And we always seem to run into each other. Last time we ran into each other was at the, the Canvas Plasma Show. Oh, and Can- uh, Plasma Canvas, Plasma Canvas. Plasma Canvas is going to be playing at the, um, at the FOCO MX, along with uh, many other bands. You can check it out on their website. I'm going to try to talk my little brother into... Uh, give me some tickets to give away to my listening audience. You have to do something creative, I think. It'll be like, a, I don't know, I'll come up with something, a little competition to to see who might want to get some, some free tickets to that. No promises, but I'm going to try. Got some other big news this week, too. I, uh, you know, I get contacted by documentary film crews probably once or twice a month to usually either be in a segment or just kind of consult behind the scenes and, and help them understand a, a particular dynamic of usually the, the uh, violent extremist groups in, in the U.S. And uh, I'm not going to say who it was with because it's a, it's a big name. And uh, it's, you know, it's very, very much in the preliminary stages. But I was offered my own documentary and not just to be in it, but like to, 
to help produce it, to, to help direct and write it. And um, that's something that's very interesting. It's been on my mind for a little bit. So that's something I think I'm going to be doing. I might be delving into the world of documentaries. Anyway, um, so the interview I have today is, is again with my friend Kevin Dumont, who is a queer person of color, non-binary, and uh, they, uh, they're part of the Northern Colorado comedy scene. Kevin is a comedian and a pretty funny one. Um, actually, my brother, uh, while I was talking to Kevin during the uh, Odell's thing, uh, came up and, and talked about a show he had just caught with him and just, you know, thought he was funny. He thinks he's the funniest person in Fort Collins. And um, so, yeah, I got to sat down. We, we we took off from the Odell thing and went and hung out at Surfside 7, which is the local punk rock bar downtown Fort Collins, a place where I spent many of my, my younger... Uh, nights when I lived in the Fort Collins area. So we sat down. The, 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 there's a lot of background noise. It is a punk rock bar, so there's punk rock music playing in the background, and we were ordering huge slices of East Coast pizza while we were talking. But I thought we got into some cool things. We got into some cool conversation where Kevin is kind of calling out some of the established comedy scene in northern Colorado. He's been blacklisted. He He's got some very interesting points of view when it comes to kind of how that that whole click system works within the comedy scene in northern Colorado and I I felt it it needed to be talked about so I uh, did a quick impromptu interview it's just with my little iPhone so the quality isn't the best but it's not bad I did just purchase a new handheld which is a much higher quality so I can do these kind of on the street interviews uh, moving forward with a much better quality. But uh, this is what we got today. So anyway, let's just jump into that. And um, it's going to be a short little podcast today. And But I think it's going to be a sweet one. I think it's a good one. I think it's stuff that needs to be talked about. This week, we've got the election wrapping up in, what is it, tomorrow? I think it's tomorrow. So we may have some new leadership here in town. And uh Definitely be reaching out to candidates that may have made it or didn't make the cut and, and talking with them, getting their, their two cents on the direction that Esses Park is moving, politically speaking, um, and go from there. So let's just jump on in. Here's Kevin Dumont, comedian extraordinaire uh, at Surfside 7, talking about the comedy scene. He also goes into what brought him to comedy and, and kind of, you know, his life journey when it comes to being a a person of color who is queer and and a comedian hope you enjoy it okay so we are here at the surfside with kevin dumont comedian extraordinaire and we're going to talk about the state of comedy here in northern colorado so you've got some cool new things going on tell us about kind of how you came into comedy what your story is and and what you got going on all right yeah um uh, let's see, I, well, like most comedians, I grew up in a very toxic household where a uh, sense of humor and sarcasm became a maladaptive coping mechanism. And I was the kind of kid who used to reenact uh, SNL skits with my toys in my room because I always knew comedy was kind of a way to go, kind of uh, an outlet for the things you always wanted to say but uh, couldn't. And, I just learned how to hone in a sense of sarcasm and wit that, well, yeah, while I was a kid, protected me, but then became kind of a sense of uh, source of strength in my later years. 
Um, and I only really started doing comedy after I started going to therapy because I was like, shit, I don't want to be one of those people who would be like, oh my God, comedy is just like therapy. I was like, no, it's not. Like, it's not like therapy. Therapy's therapy. And being able to share a sense of healing and growth is when I really started to realize this is what I want to do. I want to go on stage. I want to share stories. I want to talk to people. And only after, I think, I've been doing it for about five years now, and like a year ago, I saw a comedian, Hannah Gatsby, and she talked about how um, she was stepping away from comedy because it's all from a point of tension and um, our suffering, because a lot of the times we'll start a story and we'll leave it off at the funny bit where people laugh their minds off and think it's great. Um, pizza time. That is a giant ass slice of pizza this size. Like the size of a toddler. <laughs> Thank you. And um, she talked about how she was leaving comedy because we only talked about our trauma and we used the trauma to ease the tension in the room. And I've started, and I realized I don't want my trauma to be what people take away from what I have to say. Thank you. And I want them to learn the rest of the story and learn how to heal and grow from something that might have been really fucking difficult. And that's kind of what I've been doing lately is sharing more intimate stories, more vulnerable experiences about what it was like to grow up black and queer, what it was like to learn and grow and experiment in a world that wants you to be a straight white guy. And in Fort Collins and in Loveland, being queer and colored was not not it wasn't the norm and uh so after i kind of stepped away from the local comedy scene after so it's just it it's a very toxic bunch like like most things um they are overrun by the white clique of dudes that unless you play that game you're not a part of them you're you're on the outside because you're not gonna laugh at their jokes why would they laugh at yours but um so I ended up pointing out a sexual predator that they've been hiding for two years, and then the whole thing turned on on me. Like I've become blacklisted in the Fort Collins community. No one wants to work with me. I am the one who's seen who causes drama, but it's not drama. It's just exposing a truth that no one else wanted to recognize and see, and that point out that they spent so much energy and time making sure that they kept their own ways and so many people were hurt that I just couldn't do it anymore. Like, my partner was one of the first ones and she reported it. They did nothing. Other women started to report things and they did nothing because he was pumping money into the scene. And they were getting close to starting up their own club and he was just funding it. And, you know, I can't get a job at goddamn Taco Bell without a drug test and a background screening, but he can come in with a criminal felony history of assaulting exotic dancers and those kind of performers while drunk in the army. But, you know, you don't look up the people you're going to business with. And so after I pointed that out, they finally were like, okay, well, we removed him from the, from the business and he's no longer a part of the scene. And I would call out all their shitty male excuse answers. Like one, uh, the one who owns the club uh, said, I'm sorry I didn't take it as seriously or jump on it sooner. Um, I was a little distracted, I, I guess, starting up the club. And I was like, you can't, you say that in the Facebook post and that definitely makes you sound like you knew what was going on and you hit it. 
because of your personal interests. And so I point that shit out. Like, I have no qualms uh, to any sort of, like, brotherhood because as a non-binary person, I reject all, um, like, norms of what those genders have, have to be. Right. And with men, it's the bro club. And you gotta keep the bro code. You can't talk about those things. You can't point out when another bro is, does something wrong. And so they see me as a threat. Because I look like a guy, I'm brown, and I'm 5'10", and I'm bearded, 250 pounds. But I'm not a man. I don't count myself as a man, so I don't hold myself to those man codes and rules that they have developed throughout society. And um, another one, another guy who was told and informed about the whole thing, started saying on, uh, in like, in our little Facebook comedy group for the local comedians, which they tried their best to keep that internal and not let it get out. But now it's starting to get out. Like, people are starting to learn more about, like, what they were hiding. But, like, yeah, no, he said, um, sorry I didn't take it as, like, they both said, sorry I didn't jump on this sooner or take it more seriously. And then he said, maybe had it been my partner, I would have done something sooner. And so I pointed that out, too. I'm like, you said this in a post, like, you say, hey, women, if someone's threatening you or someone's being aggressive, come and tell me. In the same breath that you said, had it been my partner, I would have done something sooner. So you set that precedent of, unless you're his partner, he might not take it as seriously. But yet he's, they're doing that whole like, oh, we tell people we're nice people. So they start to just believe that. But when you actually put them in that situation where being a nice person is tested, they fail. They fail. They failed miserably. And Actions they, always speak so much louder. Yeah, and they, they, they set it up for countless women to be hurt. And so I called that out, and they don't like it. They pushed me out of the scene, but that didn't stop me. I'm still doing my thing. I'm still going into different stages and doing more stage presence and connecting with other crowds like in Denver and Colorado Springs with people who want to hear these kind of messages, not just the standard, my girlfriend sucks, uh, dating sucks, it's hard being a straight white guy. Like, things are different, Fort Collins is changing, and it's time we bring in a different scene and a different sense of community for those kind of people who want those different voices heard. And, and really, you're kind of spearheading some of these movements in a different communities. I mean, you're, you're working with, you know, actively with like at drag shows, um, you know, you're, you're beginning to find new venues. Talk about how the reception has been with that. Um, it's been great. Like, um, I called out the comedians. I did one last set at Fort Comedy and I kind of called them out on their cliquish nature, their, um, Heidi bro code men mentality and how if you don't play the high school cool kid game, you're not a part of it. And so, um, and, um, so yeah, no, I branched out from, from there and I started doing shows with punk bands and drag shows, as you said, and finding other people who consider themselves artists. And like, I always wished I was a musician. Like I, I respected and admired how artists could go up on, on stage and play music and scream out as loud as they want about all the systems that they hated and wanted to point out that were wrong but I just had no musical skills. And so I was like, I'm really good at putting jokes together, so I'll just do that. And now finding other artists in those different types of themes who still want to kind of set the world on fire and burn down the structures that were already set up that only benefit a select few, that it's time to reach out to those people and do punk shows with comedy, do drag shows with comedy, because those are people who are artists, who have a voice, and who want to be seen and heard. And I think now with this experience in comedy, 
I could open up different stages and venues for them and me and people like us. Absolutely. So what shows do you have coming up? Um, let's see. On April 7th, if I can get a ride for it, um, down in Denver, Colorado Springs, I have a producer showcase at 3E's Comedy Club. Um, then most immediate right now is um, April 22nd and 23rd. I'm producing two shows for Foco MX and Fort Collins, one at The Lyric and then one at our bar, which is the local gay bar. All right, folks. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's quick little podcast interview. Sorry, the uh, the quality was pretty crappy there, but it was uh, what I could get at the time. I am actively investing in uh, up in my game there and uh, already have a little quarter in. I've got it in my hands right now, a little Zoom H1N. And um, so, yeah, we'll be back later this week, hopefully with uh, another interesting story. You've been listening to the Colorado Switchblade, and I'm Jason Van Tatenhove. I'll talk with you soon.